2: Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On. Locked On. Locked lock, lock On. Locked lock, lock On. Locked lock on. Lock, lock on cowboy, Locked On Cowboys. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On Cowboys sent you. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, it is July 3rd. Most people are celebrating the 4th today. Any big plans for this weekend?
0: I'm planning on celebrating uh, the uh, changing of the Washington football team's name to go. something a little bit more appropriate. Uh, but beyond that, no, I, I I've, I've, you know, it's the Fourth of July. It's we get an extra day off of work, but you know, with the the COVID rules being as they are, there isn't a ton no, to go right. out and do. So we're we're staying pretty close to home. I think we may uh, we may try to give our daughter our, her first camping experience, even though it's going to be in the yard. Uh, That'd be fine but I think you know, just kind of just do a couple things around the house and, and try to celebrate as best we can while staying, you know, safe and isolated.
2: Absolutely. And just a side note, having Fourth of July on a Saturday is the absolute worst. I mean, because it really feels like just a regular weekend. Uh, it's much better when it's in the middle of the week or on a Friday or whatever, and you get kind of get that three day weekend. But that's a that's a different uh, thing for some other time. So um, yeah. <laughs> coming up on today's show, we got a busy show for you today. Uh, in kind of honor of 4th of July, we are making our all America's team, uh, the best players in Dallas Cowboys history. Uh, some fun, you know, little notes about some of these guys, some, uh, guys that maybe served in the military are going to make on our list. Um, so we're going to go through all the positions, uh, on our list or excuse me for my list. Um, I went and we did this a little differently when we were kind of coming up with these, I picked out certain seasons of certain players, um, the seasons I thought they were, they were at their peak. Um, you went in a little different uh, angle here, and I think that's going to be fun. So um, let's go ahead and jump right into it. Let's start with quarterback, Leonid. On your All-America team for the Dallas Cowboys, who do you have at quarterback?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to put Roger Stahl back. I mean, it especially is. we're talking – and look, just to kind of even further go down the road, what you you described, you, know, you kind of went with the more traditional – uh, best players it, it, not even just best players but best player seasons in, in Cowboys history right yep. it, you're picking up yep. individual performance seasons and and, and and putting them in there uh, my my list was more about you know who it's a combination of things obviously best players but also I wanted to include some people since the fourth of July that had you know impacts outside of football as well um, and I think Roger Staubach is the perfect nexus of all three of these things. You know, I mean, he is an incredible American. I mean, he was, uh, you know, he obviously served in the Naval Academy, went off to Vietnam uh, before he was able to ever play a down of football. Um, And then, you know, six-time Pro Bowl or two-time Super Bowl champ, uh, the 1978 Walter Payton Award winner, Hall of Fame member, maybe, you know, the, the most recognizable quarterback uh, during his time ever. You know, I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I just, it just symbolized the Cowboys and uh, what they were about better than anybody ever symbolized any individual team, I think. So uh, it's hard, obviously, not to include someone like Roger Stahl back here who, before he was a Cowboy and after he was a Cowboy, was an incredible American, was an incredible businessman, and just had – the guy who's had success – uh, on with everything he's done, basically. So, uh, yeah, it's really hard. I mean, obviously the Cowboys are blessed with uh, a history of great quarterbacks, but Roger mm-hmm. Staubach really is the shining example.
2: Yeah, I picked the 1971 version of Roger Staubach. This was really his first full year starting. Uh, went 10-0 and in the regular season, 3-0 and in the playoffs uh, as the Cowboys won the Super Bowl in 1971. Uh, his numbers were actually really good. Didn't throw the ball a bunch of... Um, But had a, uh, you know, a nine yards per attempt, uh, 9.5 adjusted yards per attempt and 105 passer rating, which in that era is absolutely uh, absurd. So, yeah, Roger Staubach has to be the choice. Um, Tony Romo's 2014 season was up there for me, but uh, you can't not pick uh, Roger Staubach here. All right, let's go to running back, Landon. Um, Wait, real quick. This is, I, I, did yeah.
0: want to th- I did want to mention Eddie LeBaron here because – Oh, that's I, a good one. Yes, yep. Eddie LeBaron was a guy who played mostly for the Washington team that we mentioned earlier – uh, but a few people know that in 1950, he left to go fight in the Korean War. Uh, and then when he came back, he played a couple more seasons for the, the for, for Washington. But then he was actually the first starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. So the very first Perfect. quarterback was Eddie LeBaron and, and a Korean War vet. So someone I thought that we should mention on 4th of July.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, good name there. All right, running back, and I have a feeling we've got the same one, but why don't you go ahead and tell me who you picked?
0: Uh, I picked Sherman Williams. Uh, he was the Interesting. I, know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Emmitt Smith uh, obviously yeah. is, the, is the guy. I mean, it's, I mean, you could kind of get fancy if you want and, and, and try to mention some other people, I think. And, and you know, we could talk about some other, uh, uh, you know, fullbacks. I, I actually think that Walt Garrison is someone who's worth mentioning, you know, as, hmm. as, as a great running back. He wasn't exactly uh, the running back guy, but maybe the fullback alternative to Daryl Johnson. But, I mean, as far as running back goes, it's hard not to pick the all-time leading rusher in NFL history as your running back for the Dallas Cowboys. Yep, I
2: picked 1995 version of Emmitt Smith. That's the year with uh, 2,100 total yards, 25 touchdowns. Uh, you know, he, the Cowboys are trying to bounce back after losing to the 49ers uh, the previous season in the conference championship game. Emmitt was on a mission that season. Again, 25 touchdowns. Uh, just 439 touches, an absolute workhorse, uh, still averaged 4.7 yards per carry. Uh, absolutely incredible. Um, I didn't write a fullback down, but I, I mean, I know your love for a fullback. So I just I, I assumed Daryl Johnson needs to be on this list, right? Like if you're if you're if you're making a team to, to to beat the aliens or beat another country's team, you're 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 putting Daryl Johnson on that team, right?
0: I think it's Walt Garrison, honestly. Really? Yeah, because I think Walt Walt can play a little bit of running back and fullback, and I I don't know. It depends on what you're looking for, really. And it's it's an embarrassment of riches, no matter what. But yeah, I would say it's it's probably either one of those two, Walt Garrison or or, or Moose Johnson, for sure.
2: I, I actually think Daryl Johnson came a little too early in the NFL. Like, if he's in today's NFL, you know, a guy that can catch. Forty to fifty passes every single year. I mean, he had a game with ten receptions. I mean, he's basically Kyle Hughes check before Kyle Hughes check. So I mean, uh,
0: really, you could say you could say if, if they had split the if if, if Walt Garrison and Daryl Johnson had traded time periods, they probably yeah. would have had a, a excellent success in either one of either
2: one of those sure. time periods. So absolutely, um, let's go ahead and do wide receivers. Landon, uh, this one gets really hard because uh, there is a lot of really good wide receiver. Uh, seasons in Cowboys history, uh, even going all the way back into the 70s. Um, but the one that I want to mention uh, is 1992 version of Michael Irvin. I, I just kind of think, or excuse me, 1991 version of Michael Irvin. That's where he had 1,500 receiving yards, eight touchdowns, averaged over 16 yards uh, reception. Um, just absolutely phenomenal. And again, he was the big reason why the Cowboys won that first Super Bowl uh, I just think at age 25, he was at his peak there. Uh, who do you have for wide receiver?
0: Well, Tony Hill and Calvin Harris are obviously two guys that you have to mention here. Um, I, I think that both uh, – uh, uh, sorry, did I, did I say Calvin Harris? I meant uh, uh, Tony Hill. Uh, Tony Hill and yeah, Drew Pearson. I'm I mean, getting my running backs mixed up. Yeah, you're good. Uh, Drew Pearson, I mean the original 88. Tony Hill, obviously one of the great all-time guys. You know, Des Bryant needs to be mentioned here. I'm just kind of looking back, you know, what you in the manner that you were doing this in in individual seasons. What about 1966 Bullet Bob Hayes?
2: Yeah, that's a really good one because he was on my list of. Uh, when I was putting this through. So, yeah, he has to be on there.
0: Because, you know, look, when he came into the league, he took the league by absolute storm. And they just didn't know what to do with them. They actually mm-hmm. invented the cover two defense to try to stop bullet Bob Hayes. And well, I think 19- he, wait,
2: he started started the first four years of his career with uh, double-digit touchdowns, I think.
0: Yes, he did. And in and, and 1966, his second year in the league. He played 14 games, had 64 catches for 1,232 yards, averaging (laughs) 19.3 yards per reception, which, by the way, was a dip down from his rookie season where he averaged 21.8 yards per reception. Yeah, Had 13 touchdowns, including a long of 95 yards. So, Bullet Bob Hayes, to say that he took the league by storm is to greatly understate uh, a guy who just came you know two yards short from having thousand yard seasons his first three years in the league
2: and remember a lot of those years they weren't playing 16 games like no, they are now no, right you're no. playing 12 13 games 14 games uh, i think
0: was what it was to- back then, yeah.
2: 14 games so again putting up 1200 yards in 14 games is far more impressive than putting up 1300 yards in 16 games obviously um as i was studying uh of Bob Hayes' this pro football reference page a couple days ago, uh, his I think it was the 1970 season. If I remember correctly, it was one of my favorites ever because uh, he yeah. I think he played nine games, yeah, um, and he had like 900 yards on 30 something on 30 uh,
0: yeah 30 catches I think it was. <laughs> I, I I actually have it up right here. Hold on, it's it's 1970. Was it, it was 1970, right? He averaged yeah. 26 yards a catch and had 889 receiving yards on 34 receptions. Uh, uh,
2: that That's is totally unbelievable. Insane, which is crazy
0: because the following season, he he played in 13 games and still got only 35 receptions and averaged 24 <laughs> yards a reception. So he still ended up with 840 yards on 35 receptions. That's insanity. Total
2: insane. Uh, I love his his pro football reference page is one of my favorites. Um, one more receiver I need to mention. I hesitate to put him on here, but I'm, I'm 2007. Yeah, Ter- Terrell Owens. Yeah, uh, 15 games, 1355 yards, average 16.7 yards of reception, 15 touchdowns. I mean, he was unbelievable that year. And again, 34 years old, so this wasn't like the peak of his powers or anything, but he got with a with a quarterback that knew how to get him the ball. Uh, it had one of the best Cowboy seasons in uh, team history. So I'm putting him on there. I'm dealing with all the other stuff just because he's that talented of a player. Uh, let me tell you guys about rockauto.com. It's a family business that has been serving auto parts to customers for over 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules, brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door their website is incredibly easy to navigate you can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands and prices you prefer best of all prices at rockauto.com are always incredibly low and they're the same for professionals and do it yourselfers go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck make sure you write locked on in their how did you hear about us box to let them know that we sent you Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. All right, Landon, let's go ahead and move to tight end. Um, I don't know. I feel like this one's fairly easy. Who, who do you have at tight end?
0: Yeah, it's 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 got to be Witten. I mean, yeah. I think you, you can talk about <laughs> – stop stop being so depressed about <laughs> it. It's, I mean, you know, look, you, you can talk – I mean, Witten was an incredible player for a long time. And, and, frankly, if anything, you know, we need to get a couple years between us and him – to get some real yep. appreciation for what he did for this team, because it was pretty impressive. Um, I think you know you can mention guys like Novacek and Billy Joe Dupree here as well. Uh, you know the Cowboys have been you know blessed at tight end, maybe not in the way that they've been blessed at wide receiver or, or quarterback, but I do think that there is uh, you know there is a history there of, of, of good play. Uh, but it's hard not to argue. It's hard to argue with Jason Witten just because a you know of his longevity, all his records that he holds with the Cowboys, everything he's done for the team, and then on top of that, he's an incredible person off the field. You know, he's an incredible uh, leader. He's an incredible uh, uh, influence on kids. I think a good influence on, on younger kids. Uh, so I, I think you know Jason Witten is the ch- is the choice here, and 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 I think a lot of it, it, it's a no brainer. But we just you know I think we are uh, just a little too close to the situation. Yeah. I feel like if we get a couple more years between us and Witten, we're going to look back and really appreciate all the things that he did for
2: this team. I agree. Yeah, it's Jason Witten. It's two, 2007 version of Jason Witten. Again, you get Michael or excuse me, Terrell Owens and Jason Witten from that 2017. 96 receptions, 1,100 yards, seven touchdowns, average almost 12 yards of reception. Uh, I think at the time he was the best tight end in the league. Um, maybe you could say Antonio Gates was better at that time, but um, Witten was the most complete tight end uh, He was still able to stretch the seam uh, 25 years old I think that's when we got peaked Jason Witten um, Alright, offensive line now Landon I did a unit, is there anybody like specific you want to mention here uh, that should be included in our offensive line
0: I think there are two guys that I'm going to bring up from, just because I feel like you'll bring up Depending on, you know what, give me the, the year that you're bringing it up, and okay. I'll make sure that these guys get mentioned as well.
2: Well, I mean, this, when I w- did my research on stuff, I feel like this was the the best offensive line in Dallas Cowboys history, and I think it's the 1995 offensive line. Okay. Uh, you had Mark Tuanae at left tackle, who made the Pro Bowl, Nate Newton at left guard, who was an All-Pro, Ray Donaldson at center, who made the Pro Bowl. Uh, Larry Allen in, I believe that was his first or second year, I believe second year um, at right guard, made the Pro Bowl. The only offensive lineman who didn't make the Pro Bowl that year was it's, Eric Williams. The who, one. <laughs> who, who was probably the best one that season. So uh, he played 15 games. So I think, I mean, just no weaknesses on that offensive line. You get some absolutely dominating players in Larry Allen and Eric Williams and uh, Nate Newton. I think you have to say that's the best Cowboys offensive line in team history.
0: I, I honestly I honestly believe this. If Eric Williams hadn't been in that car accident, Eric Williams would be considered a better offensive lineman than Larry Allen.
2: Okay, okay. Eric- I, I, my, my dad tells me this all the time Because he, he thinks that they probably Win two or three more Super Bowls If Eric yeah. Williams is at that right tackle spot uh, He
0: was unbelievable just to watch I mean yeah. just just unbelievable And he was the only guy He didn't get a ton of opportunities Because at different times he was hurt and all this stuff He was the only guy who I saw that could Regularly beat the crap Out of Reggie White I mean yes. Reggie White yep. did not want to face Eric Williams uh, yep. and, and, and if you guys I mean I, I know that i'm an old the old man around here but if you guys know about reggie white that's like saying <laughs> aaron donald didn't want to go against a guy right
2: you exactly. know what i'm
0: saying like it's it,
2: or pete jj watt or yeah like, like reggie, that reggie, yeah.
0: Reggie, reggie white was not only the best defensive player in football but he was like two or three links strides away from the second best player yes. in football yes. he was just a dominant force and eric williams used to just embarrass him at times so uh, I think you have to include him here uh, as you mentioned, it is part of that group, of course. I think obviously you got to mention guys like Tyron Smith and Zach Martin, who I think are, are kind of in that running, Frederick probably to that degree. Rayfield Wright is a guy that mm-hmm. absolutely has to be mentioned just because maybe one of the all- time great. But I'm gonna mention a guy who never gets mentioned. And I think deserves some uh, more credit than he does. And that's Ralph Neely. I don't know if you've ever even heard of Ralph Neely before. No. Ralph Neely started 168 games for the Dallas Cowboys at at right and left tackle between the years of 1965 and 1977. So he has <laughs> the skins on the wall the, that almost nobody else did, and, and a level of consistency and uh, uh, you know a high level of play for for. I, I mean, I think he think he only made three Pro Bowls, but to be able to consistently start at right and left tackle for 168 games again during an era when they only played 14 games or you know 12 12 to 14 games yeah. a season. That's incredibly impressive, and I thought that was definitely worth mentioning.
2: Um, all right, let's go move to the defensive line. Um, this one's really tough, tough because the Cowboys have had a bunch of really good defensive linemen. Um, I'm going to do unit again just so I can kind of cover you know the bases all here. Uh, 1978 Dallas Cowboys defensive line. Uh, you get Randy White, you get Harvey Martin, you get Tutal Jones. I mean, that's really all you need right there. Those are you know three of the best defensive linemen in NFL history. Uh, Tutal Jones made three Pro Bowls, was an All-Pro during that season. Uh, Randy White was an All-Pro. Harvey Martin was a Pro Bowler. Um, just a, a fantastic defensive line. Who else should we mention there?
0: Honestly, I mean, I think that you covered them. <laughs> like, those are the guys that I really I really thought that were worth mentioning on the defensive line, and they, they all played together. Uh, I think you, you also need to throw in Bob Lilly. I mean, yeah, Mr. Absolutely. Cowboy. What? Uh, maybe the greatest, you know, uh, per pound football player that's played for the Cowboys. Um, you know, and, and it existed in a situation where uh, sacks weren't really always a stat when he was around, you know, and, and I think mm-hmm. technically he has zero sacks, which is uh, actually, if anyone who knows or watched Bob Lilly knows that that's yeah. absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think you can't not mention. Uh, Bob Lilly, who was just an absolute freak of nature for the time, uh, and, and in a dominant force uh, in, a, in an era uh, before dominant forces really even existed. I mean, he, he this is a guy we're talking about who was a, I think, eight-time All-Pro. I mean, that's yeah. ridiculous. Yep. So yeah, I, I have to mention uh, uh, uh bob Lilly here at any list that involves any dallas cowboys because uh, i mean there's a reason that he is not just because he was the first overall pick in the first year of the cowboys draft but because he is the, the first truly dominant tr- first truly great uh football player the dallas cowboys ever had
2: yes we have to mention bob Lilly. so that's I'm, I'm really glad that you did that all right this next one landon um I'm going to need your help a little bit because my my picks are a little modern, is what I would say. So I'll start with this. Um, I'm going 2011, uh, Sean Lee. I think that's his second year in the league. Um, I, I kind of think that's when he was at his peak. He was 25 years old, uh, started 15 games. Again, first full season starting. He had four interceptions. Uh, he was a menace in pass coverage. Uh, he was fantastic on blitzing. Uh, I, I just think that was when we saw maybe the best version of Sean Lee. Um, who do you have? Because I, I I got one more name I want to mention, but who else do you have on your list?
0: This is a tough list uh, because yeah. the linebackers aren't as rich a tradition with the Cowboys as maybe some of these other are. Uh, I thought
2: about like Hollywood Henderson for a year. Absolutely, there was a few years where he was really good.
0: I would say 1993, Kin uh that's, Ken, Norton, Ken Norton, Jr.
2: Yeah, that's a good it, one.
0: Is a pretty good one. I mean, I think he had like looking at this, he had 159 total set, uh, tackles, two sacks. Uh, you know, I think the, in an interception. You know, I, I think that was a pretty uh, standout year for linebackers. Um, you know, I mean, I think the guy that I would, was going to bring up, and I think you, you need to go further back. Obviously, is Chuck Howley. Um, okay. Know, yep. Starting you know, from '66 to 1970, he was an All-Pro, uh, and it just was a you know kind of a tackling machine for them back back then. And again, it's different because a lot of these you know, these uh, numbers aren't kept in, uh, the way they are now. The stats yeah, aren't yeah. kept, so he I don't think he has a total tackle count that I'm aware of or anything like that. But I no. mean, he's an all, he's a Hall of Famer, an All-Pro. A multi-year All-Pro
2: is that he's the only player in NFL history to win the Super Bowl MVP despite yeah. his team losing the game. That's right. And then just goes just goes to show you how good he was.
0: Yeah, and actually, I'm sorry, he's not a, a, a Hall of Famer, which is surprisingly it's insane. But he, but he yeah. is a six-time Pro Bowl or five-time All-Pro. He was a Super Bowl champion? Um, you know, and, and, and existed on a Cowboys team during you know some of the, their greatest runs. You know, in the early '70s, that early first run of the Cowboys. So. Uh, I, I think he. You have to include uh, his his numbers in there. I will throw out 1971. It does look like he had five interceptions. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Let me back up. 1968. He had six interceptions for 115 <laughs> interception return yards nice. and a touchdown. Uh, and then in '71, he had five interceptions with 122 yards returned. So, uh, and, and he also had three fumble re- uh, recoveries that year. So this eight eight turnovers. <laughs> by by one Jeez. linebacker, that's pretty good, I would say. So uh, definitely uh, worth mentioning. Uh, All time li- great Dallas Cowboy Chuck Howley.
2: Now, if we're going with the the assumption that you get the player at their absolute peak of their powers, right? That changes things a little bit for me. So I, I just I put Sean Lee, two thousand and eleven. I'm throwing one more guy out there, two thousand and fourteen. Rolando McClain. That's I don't fair. care that he didn't make that's a Pro fair. Bowl. I don't care that he didn't make an All Pro. <laughs> He is fantastic, man. I, I miss watching him so much. Uh, I watched um, the Cowboy-Lion playoff game the other day on Twitch, and there was like a three-play sequence we, where he made uh, two tackles for a loss behind the line of scrimmage and then a play on third down and pass coverage. I mean, he was just absolutely phenomenal. So I feel like I need to, to mention Rolando. In Worth that. mentioning. Uh, absolutely. He's uh, he, he's one of our favorites, uh, mm-hmm. you know, despite only playing a few years for the Cowboys. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll finish out this list.
3: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
2: All right, Landon, cornerbacks, um, You have to include Deion Sanders. There's a bunch, of, a bunch of years that you could put Deion on there. Uh, I thought his 1995 season was obviously very good. Uh, the first year coming over. Now he, he missed a little bit of time that year, but uh, my favorite season was the 1998 season. It's really when I first started really getting into the Cowboys. Um, I'd remember him uh, several times in that season, making plays uh, on offense. I, I remember a game against the Giants where he had a punt return for a touchdown. Um, but again, 11 games that season five interceptions a defensive touchdown two punt returns for a touchdown did a little bit of work on offense as well uh, 1998 Dion's my pick who else do you have for cornerbacks
0: well I, I, I will agree with you that you need to include um, you need to include Dion on the list but I, I don't know that he's the guy I was gonna pick for sure because uh, interesting C- Cornell Green and Mel Renfro... Both had pretty fantastic seasons at different points of their career. Yeah, oh, yeah. 1963, Cornell Green uh, had seven interceptions for 211 defensive interception return yards and a touchdown, and then did it again in 1967 with seven interceptions, uh, not nearly as many return yards. And then Mel Renfro, obviously, I mean the, the year that sticks out is '69, where he had ten interceptions, jeez, uh, and then had two other seven interception seasons before that. So, yeah, like as much as we talk about Dion and we, we you know, we, we uh, you know, we revere him and just because he's you know, a very recent player, these guys were getting multiple interceptions, 10 interception seasons back in a, in a time when nobody was throwing the football. Right. So, no. like, you know, or at least they weren't nearly throwing it as nearly as much. So, uh, yeah, you definitely have to mention those guys for sure. Uh, Renfro is actually kind of, you know, safety corner, but we're going to go ahead and give it to him. So That's fine. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I, I'd say those two guys are definitely worth mentioning uh, uh, in Cowboys history for sure.
2: Um, both of those are better options than the guy I picked, so we'll go with those. But uh, <laughs> Terrence Newman from 2006, Yeah. Um, that's really when he was kind of at the peak of his powers. Again, the Cowboys made the playoffs that year. Uh, he had some really good games against some big receivers. He had a good game against Steve Smith. Uh, early in that season where he actually irritated Steve Smith to the point where he got kicked out of the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, Always one of my favorite uh, Cowboy games against the Panthers that year. Um, Just really, really good. Nothing spectacular stat-wise. I just thought that's when teams were kind of ignoring him because of how good he was. All right, let's go to safeties. Um, (laughs) I think we're both going to have this one in there because we love this guy. Darren Woodson, he has to make the list, right? Um, You could basically pick any season from Darren Woodson from – You know, 1992 to 2000, 2001, and you'd be fine. The one that I'll pick is 1996. uh, Started all 16 games, five interceptions. At that time was playing some linebacker, was playing some cornerback, wherever you needed. One of the only safeties in the league that actually could line up in the slot and cover, uh, you know, slot receivers. We even saw some snaps of him covering Jerry Rice. Uh, I, I think Darren Woodson is pretty clearly the best safety in team history.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, look, I mean, he's he's my favorite, he's my favorite Dallas Cowboy ever. I think uh, I, I he's I love Darren Woodson. He's you know when I was younger and playing football, I played safety, and and he was the guy that I looked up to without a doubt the most. Uh, so I, there's no doubt you have to include him here. You know, having him was like having a coach on the field. You know, it's just yeah. he was yep. so good at just holding people accountable. About uh, making sure that everyone was lined up correctly, uh, you know, it, it didn't really matter what the what was happening, you know, what he was doing on the field. He was also going to make sure that everyone else was doing what they were supposed to be doing as well. Uh, so you one hundred percent have to to make sure you include uh, uh, you know Darren Woods, and that was that was kind of a no brainer. After that, it's it's an interesting list, right? Because mm, yes, I mean you. I mentioned Mel Renfro, who I think you know. I, we we put in the cornerback list, but I think he has to kind of he kind of straddles the list a little bit. Uh, I think Cliff Harris obviously is a guy who uh, he has to be mentioned. He was mentioned. Uh, what I mentioned was was put on the All Seventies Decade team. Yeah, uh, he's currently yeah. the only Cowboy that's in the Ring of Honor. Actually, uh, that's a safety. Um, I think Charlie Waters is a guy who uh he, besides being a, a friend of the family actually uh is right. a is a uh, is you know considered to be uh, uh, just one of those guys he's he was like jeff heath like ex- if jeff yeah heath, yeah who, i mean just one of those guys who you didn't expect a much from expect a lot from you know he wasn't the biggest fastest strong he just produced uh he just and and, and i think that's in a way that maybe uh you know that we didn't get from uh, 41. I, I think you, know, yeah. you, you do get from Charlie Waters. I think he, he he was able to produce at a level that was uh, more than good enough and better than a, just an average starting safety. I, I think you know with Heath you expected a uh, uh, you know a special teams player who couldn't hack it, but even though he could hold his own a, as a starter with Waters, you didn't you know you look at him you didn't think he was much, but then he would go around and make plays on the field and it was pretty impressive. So. Uh, And then I guess the last guy I I think we should definitely mention is uh, is Roy Williams. You know, yeah, that's who I have. Okay, because I I think you know that those one or two seasons that he played and he was playing well, he was playing as well as anybody in the in football. So I I think it's it's certainly worth mentioning here.
2: Yeah, Roy Williams is on my list. Um, The two thousand two two thousand three season he was fantastic. Actually, he made the Pro Bowl from two thousand three to two thousand six, and all those were. Sorry, two thousand three to two thousand seven. So five straight Pro Bowls, but I think his best season was his rookie season. I think that's yeah. when he was at his peak. Uh, athlete, you know athleticism. I think he was a little bit smaller then. Um, he had five interceptions that season, two touchdowns, uh, eight pass deflections, three forced fumbles, two sacks, almost a hundred tackles. Uh, he was playing on special teams. He was affecting the way uh, teams were actually punting the ball. They had to put more guys back there just to block him on punt. Par- uh, you know, Pump Block. Um, he, he was absolutely fantastic. And then on those early, you know, two thousand Dallas teams where they had Darren Woodson and Roy Williams as a safety combination, uh, that was really fun. It's too bad they didn't have any sort of offense because uh, those defenses really weren't all that bad. Um, the other safety that I would mention is Bill Bates. Didn't yes. play. Didn't start a bunch of games for the Cowboys, but is somebody who played a long-time, three-time Super Bowl champion, uh, would play on special teams, would do a little bit of everything. But um, I, I feel like Bill Bates at least needs a mention. We'll
0: here. throw in Kenny Gantt. Uh, we'll throw in Kenny Gantt the, oh yeah. yeah, the shark. shark. We'll you throw go. in. If we're doing special teamers, we'll throw in Kenny Gantt. Done.
2: And Brett Maher, right? The, to finish up. the list, Yeah. Uh, that was fun. I liked it. It was. That's um, a good list. A good list. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCV. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. Enjoy your fourth of July. We will be back next week.